Awesome, man. Uh, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor and one of the teaching pastors here. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, I'm honestly ready for Christmas this year, believe it or not. Not that I bought anything. Barb does all that. But uh, there's just something about this season. And, and if you like that, we are actually going to be doing a Christmas Eve service and uh, one of the greatest times we have here. And we have three services this year, 3 o'clock, 4.30, and 6 o'clock. And the 6 o'clock service is the, um, the one that's fun because you can wear your Christmas pajamas there. It has turned into a tradition here is that the last service we do, a lot of people come in and families with their Christmas pajamas on, so we'd love for you to join us there. And it's also a great time for you to invite someone. Uh, there's something special about Christmas Eve that people are willing to come, and so maybe there's somebody in your workplace or your family that doesn't go to church much, but we'd love for you to invite them. And then just one final reminder, on the 26th and on the 3rd, I think it's the 3rd, 2nd, 3rd? Uh, anyway, that Sunday, whatever it is, uh, we're only going to have one service at 10, at 10 a.m., so there you go. Well, we are in week two of this series called um, A Weary World Rejoices, and I love that title, and I think it's very fitting for where we are today, and, and there's something about that title. You know, it actually comes out of one of my very favorite Christmas songs. And it is not Christmas shoes, just in case you're wondering, all right? <laughs> that is not it. It's Oh Holy Night. And, and we just thought when we saw that, that line in that verse that this would be a great time just to talk about that because my guess is that many of us, many of you are weary about everything that's going on around us today. It just seems like COVID will not stop. There are people that are just feeling disconnected, that they, you know, there's something missing in life, and I just can't get adjusted. There's just this weariness that abounds everywhere, that life is just busy and chaotic. And, and it gets even more busy and chaotic with everything that's going on around this Christmas season, doesn't it? With the Christmas programs at school and the things you have to run your kids to and, and all the shopping and all the, all the meal prep and planning and things like that and knowing that you're going to have to spend some time with family, you know, and it just, it just kind of wears on you. Some of our marriages are stressed. Our relationships are strained. We're wondering whether our finances are going to hold out. You know, how are we going to even pay for this whole Christmas thing? And we're just tired. But there's something about this Christmas season that reminds us, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how much trouble there is, no matter what it is, that God is still here and he's moving in unexpected ways. The song actually says, the thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. And if you remember last week, Jordan actually said that he talked about joy in the Christmas season and that joy was a five-letter word. And he actually got corrected by someone out in, the, out in the, uh, the crowd. But today we're going to be talking about hope. And hope is also a five-letter word today. And so we'll get to that in a little bit. But we talk about this hope. You know, and, and I don't know about you, but, you know, we are looking for hope in any way we can get it now. You know, and, and some, for some of you, you may think it's just impossible to feel hope this year. That maybe you've lost a job or maybe you've actually lost someone very important to you and they're not going to be around this Christmas. You're wondering, how am I going to even get through this whole thing? Some of us are tired and, and, and maybe even angry and, and this whole weight of, of an illness or, or just the injustice in the world or the things that are going on around us and when we think, how can we actually have hope in, in, in all of these things? And, and I guess that so many times when we talk to people and we hear they say, you know what, I just want to get through this season. I just want to get it over with. I just want to get on to maybe 2022 is going to be better. And, and we get that. And then they even feel guilty about feeling that way. But I want you to understand, just acknowledge that. You know, that is how you're feeling. That's how many of us are feeling is that, you know, it's been a tough couple of years. 
And, it, and it, it's okay. It's real. And, and acknowledge that whole thing. But understand that there is hope. And not just hope. It's a thrill of hope. That, the, that song talks about this, this excitement that can build up. There's something out there. There's, there's something better coming. That there's this promise that we have. And it's coming, and it's light at the end of the tum- tunnel. And for once, it's actually not a train coming at us, you know? That we can have this kind of hope. There is a promise for all of us here. There's a promise for those of you who believe, who, who have set your faith in Jesus, that he, he promises that there's something coming that is better. For those of you who are just checking this whole thing out, that don't even know if God really exists or not, that maybe this is your last chance, and you're, and you're giving this whole church thing one last chance, I want you to understand that there is hope because there are promises from God for you. There is something better on the way. And when God does something, he actually does it normally in an unexpected way. There's times that he comes and, 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 and meets us in places and, and it's in a surprising way, something we did not expect. And, and I'm hoping that maybe this Christmas season you will see it the same way that the very first Christmas people experienced it and saw it. It was very unexpected. You see, Israel had, had not heard from God for over 500 years. The last prophet, Malachi, was the last time God sent a prophet to actually speak to the Israelite nation. And he spoke there, and then he was silent for 500 years. And my guess is the Israelite nation was crying out to God, saying, where are you? You know, we, we know we've heard all the stories. We know all the promises, all the things that have happened, but we haven't heard anything. Why are you silent? Why is everything around us so dark? Why are we under oppression? Why is the government, you know, we want freedom from the government. We want all these kind of things. And, and, and they haven't heard from God again for over 500 years. And they've got to be asking, where are you? Because God felt absent to them, silent, far away. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I think that's the kind of world we're living in right now, if we're honest with each other is that we're wondering, you know, with everything that's going on, where is God in all this? Has he been silent? But even in that day, when they were crying out to God, when they wondered where he was, when he hadn't spoken for all those hundreds of years, God was already close and moving in a way that they could never, ever expect. And I believe that is happening even today, that God is moving and is so close to us, and he's going to do something actually unexpected. Coming to earth as his child. They never saw it coming. And so today what I want to do is just walk through two of the main characters of the beginning of the Christmas story. We're going to walk through Mary and Joseph and just listen to their story and maybe we can relate to those in some way. They, they had this uncertainty and this fear in their lives that they were going to experience because God had invited them into their story, into his story. And so we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And here's what scripture says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine what is going through Mary's mind at this time? A mere teenager. 
And this angel appears and says that you, that, that you are going to become pregnant. And she's got to wonder what in the world is going on. I, I'm, going to, I'm engaged and I, I'm, I'm going to get married, but, but here I am, you know, this is not how I had planned this whole thing. This is not what I really expected, was it? Because when she, what she is facing is all kinds of things. Her family may disown her. She's going to be ridiculed. She could honestly actually be stoned to death because of this whole thing. She's in a, in a precarious situation, rejected. People are going to gossip about her. And here she is, wondering what in the world is going on around here. She understands that there's going to be trials and tribulations because of what God is calling her to do. And she could have responded in so many ways, you know. And I, I got to think of if this was in, in our shoes, well, how would we respond? No, no, God, I, you know, I don't know if you understand this whole thing, but, but I've got my plans. I'm about to be married. You know, I'm engaged. I've been waiting for this. It's, it's, it's good. We got the party all planned. We know where we're going on our honeymoon. We know where we're going to live. We've picked out all kinds of things on our gift list. And you know what? This plan that you have for me is going to interrupt the plans that I have for myself. You know? Isn't that how we would normally respond? You know, God, I, I, I've got this comfortable life ahead of me. I know where I'm heading. I've got a five-year plan. And if, if, if I follow you with this whole plan, it's going to interrupt everything that I'm thinking about. But here's how response is in verse 38. It's one of faith and not fear. It's one of obedience and not fear. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Listen to what her cousin Elizabeth actually says about Mary and her decision. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. But you know, our, our own selves, you know, our, our typical response when, when, when plans are interrupted, what, how do you respond? You know, it gets a little frustrating, doesn't it? Because so often we know what we want out of life. We, we know we have these plans. We, we have this future. And, and, then, and then something like this happens where God comes in and taps us on the shoulder and whispers and says, hey, how about this? And we start getting called to another thing, but then we think of all the plans. And, and so often what we do is we, we actually make our plans and we invite God into them instead of just looking at where God is inviting us into his plan and saying, you know what, my plans don't matter, God. I'm going to follow you in any way I possibly can. It's all about your story, not my own story. And so often when we find ourselves also in circumstances where we really don't like, fear starts creeping in. And we start getting stuck, we retreat, we isolate ourselves, and, and we start living by all these what-ifs. Well, what if this happens? What if I, if I choose to do this? And what if, you know, I get rejected? What if people don't like me anymore? What if I don't fit in anymore? What is all that stuff? What is our response when God taps us on the shoulder and says, here's something I want you to follow? Here's something I want you to come alongside in my story and, and walk with me. Mary goes on in verse 46, and here's how Mary responds again. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In these, these times that she has no, no idea of what to expect, that her, she knows that her life is going to be, be in turmoil, she praises God for it. And I'm sure she had all kinds of questions. She wanted all kinds of, of answers of, of, of what am I going to expect, but God didn't give her those. He just said, this is what's going to happen. And she rejoices instead of voicing all her concerns. 
She goes on, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. And she starts remembering all the times that God has been faithful. She's heard all the stories of of ancient Israel, of of the parting of the Red Sea, and how God provided food and water for them while they were wandering, and and God was always there. And she's looking back and saying, here how how God has, has... all the things that he has done for me in these times, I'm going to rely on that, the promises of what he has. She understands that God is in control. It's not up to her to make all these things happening. And she also understands that he's the one that had created her. And he knows her better than anyone, including herself. He's wired her a certain way, and and he's chosen her. And we are no different You've been wired. You've been, God has put you together like no one else. You are unique. And there's, there's things that you can do that no one else on earth can do. And God is tapping on your shoulder and saying, what is next for you? She knew what her identity was. And her identity outside of God was nothing. And she was just part of the story, the one that God was writing, not her own story. She goes on, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their, fo- from their thrones and exalted the humble. She's talking about all the justice that God is doing here. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made his promises to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children Ever. And she's resting in these promises. She's trusting in these promises that she's heard from ages ago. She knows that God has always been faithful, and there's no reason why he won't be now. And so she takes her fear of what is happening, and she praises God for everything that's going on. Because she can, she can just trust and put her hope into the strength of God. And in doing so, she can reject all the fear of the gossip, all the rejection, all the family, whatever it is, because if this is God's plan, he's the one that's going to see it through it. And she can hope once again. And then there's Joseph. And we don't know a whole lot about Joseph. We actually have to go to Matthew's account of the Christmas story to hear anything about Joseph. He starts this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. It's the first thing we find out about, about Joseph, that he was righteous, and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He hears that his, his engaged person, Mary, is actually pregnant. And he's got the same kind of feelings that he doesn't know what to do with, with all of that. And he's a righteous man. And so instead of publicly disgracing her, he's got this man of character. He's got this, this, this thing about him that he wants to, to continue to support her. So he's going to do this whole thing quietly. He doesn't want to disgrace her. He has character and dignity about this whole thing. And he wants to make sure that Mary is going to be okay. That's what kind of man that Joseph is. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. In a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife 
For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And I was reading this this, and studying this this week, and something kind of jumped out at me. And it's interesting because whenever you see someone interact with an angel, they appear, the angel normally tells them, don't be afraid. And what, what the angel is saying is, don't be afraid of me because, you know, can you imagine just waking up and here's this angel, you know, and, 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 if you see, that, like the shepherds and things, they, they fall on their face and they're scared to death. And the angels always tell them, don't be afraid, stand up. But that's not what happened in either of these stories. The angel tells both Mary and Joseph not to be afraid. But what does he tell them not to be afraid of? Not the angel. He tells them not to be afraid of what God is calling you to. Not to be afraid of the circumstances. Don't fear what God is asking you to do. Don't fear about, about what's going to happen. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. But you don't have to fear it because God is in it. I love that. And here's Joseph having the same kind of fears as, as Mary. What will people think? He's going to be cut off from his family. But yet he, he does exactly what the angel says. Listen to this. Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. There's this element of obedience to both Mary and Joseph in this time. With what they were going to face, all kinds of fear, all kinds of uncertainty, all kinds of circumstances that they'd probably rather not be in, they had no idea what was in store for them, even the heartache that was coming. But yet they were obedient to what God was calling them to do. Joseph chose to believe the unbelievable. He was willing to take certain ridicule to be an outcast. He was willing to risk his reputation to do whatever it took. He was willing to obey no matter what it cost him. He risked his comfort. He risked his own plans. He risked his own certainty to be obedient to what God was calling him to do. And I don't know where you stand today. If there's something that you're weary of or that you're scared of or, there, or there, there's some, con, con, some fear there, maybe there's something just keeping you up at night. There's some kind of uncertainty that's out there for you and you're wondering, what can I do? And, and I hope this story gives you some, some background just to say, oh, I can trust on God's faithfulness in our hurt and our despair. Mary took a risk by trusting God. Joseph took a risk by trusting God. And I think that's what we are called to do this Christmas season. Is that kind of hope is that we, in the middle of our fear, in the middle of our weariness, in the middle of whatever is going on in our lives, will we just trust God? What is the one thing I, I, I had to ask myself and I ask you today is, is what is the one thing that God is prompting you to do that may require risk? may require you stepping out of your comfort zone into something unexpected, something completely outside of your own plans. What is God calling you to do, and are you willing to risk it? Are you willing to obey what God is calling you to do this Christmas season? See, there is hope here. There is hope in this Christmas season, and his name is Jesus. By giving our lives, giving our, our, our entire beings to this Jesus, who came for us this Christmas season. In unexpected ways in that very first century, 
I believe he's coming to us in unexpected ways also and asking us, will you just follow me? Last week we said that when you choose Jesus, you have joy. And I want you to understand, when you choose Jesus, you also have hope. And it's a kind of joy and it's a kind of a hope that the world doesn't understand. That they're searching for in all the wrong places. They're searching for it in places that can never fulfill them. But we know that our joy and our hope comes from one thing and one thing only, a relationship with Jesus. Will you choose Jesus this Christmas season? Would you pray with me? Maybe you're out here today and you've never really made that kind of decision to follow Jesus with your life. And you can choose Jesus right where you sit today. No special prayer, no special words. Just say, God, I just want to follow you. I want to have the kind of joy and hope that we've been talking about the last few weeks. And I choose you today. Father, we are just so thankful that we're in this season. And as weary as we may be as, and confused, as scared as we may be, God, I, I, of everything that's going on around us in this world and the chaos, we know that we have a promise in you. It was the same kind of chaos, it was the kind, same kind of weariness that you actually came into the world and you came to deliver us. And it's no different today. You came to deliver us. So we give you our lives. We give you everything we have. Help us to choose and obey just like Mary and Joseph did so that we can celebrate the joy and the hope of this Christmas. It's in the amazing name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You know, thanks so much for being here today. We hope you have a, a, not only an amazing Christmas, we have one more week in this, in this series before Christmas Eve. And uh, man, just go out and enjoy yourselves. If, if there's anything that we can do to help you navigate any of these kind of things in lives, we would love to do that with you. If you're new here today, Kim and I will be in the back. We'd love to give you a, a gift on the way out and get to know you a little bit better. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. And if you see somebody you don't know, say hi to them. <laughs> Have a great week.